passion, drive, and patience. What brings home the winning trophy is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance from superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has got you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to turn your car into the MVP and bring home that win. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. The national sales event is on at your Toyota dealer, making now the perfect time to get a great deal on a dependable new car. Like a legendary Camry, built for performance and available with all-wheel drive, you can count on your new Camry to get anywhere you need to go. And with available features like heated seats and a multimedia touchscreen, you can stay connected in comfort and style. Or check out an affordable and reliable Corolla with a trim for every lifestyle. From the hip and agile sedan to the sporty hatchback, there's a dependable Corolla built just for you. Plus, both Camrys and Corollas are available in hybrid models. So no matter your style, you can drive efficiently and affordably. And right now, your local Toyota dealer has more vehicles in stock and is making delivery on new vehicles almost every day. So visit your local Toyota dealer. And check out amazing national sales event deals on Camrys, Corollas, and more when you visit buyatoyota.com. Offers end April 1st. Toyota, let's go places. Old man winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice, and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Look, looking at the numbers, and, and you have to feel pretty good about, you know, Justin Fields' efficiency as we pivot to the quarterback conversation. Yeah. And I want to know, like, 169 yards passing, as, as we have said in the past, you know, that number's got to be higher. And, and there are a lot of factors. But I found myself after this game with him having 104 yards rushing and only, only 169 yards passing, as much as people want to focus on that and about his limitations, didn't bother me as much because I don't – I think it would all fit into the, the context of the game plan. Until the Lions were going to find a way to stop Justin Fields using his legs – why would there be any reason to ask him to stop running the way that he did? So I didn't have a big problem with that. I'm just curious, in the 24 hours or so after the game, as you talked about the game or heard people discuss it or analyze it, did the Bears passing attack? What did you think of that, and what do you think of those numbers? Yeah, look, I've, I've ragged on their uh, passing incompetence for a couple of years, right, and, and how, how little productivity they've had at, at, at points. Yesterday's didn't bother me even an ounce. I, I, I thought that they were 
playing that game on their terms. I thought that they were using the read option very well. I thought they got Justin out on some designed runs with three quarterback sweeps uh, that, that got him out on the edge a little bit. Uh, I think he ended up with 45 yards on, on keepers on the read option um, scrambles for 50 yards in the game, including the 29 yarder that we can get into it in a minute because it, it included uh, the, the little dance at the end of it, which is probably an entry point into a, a, another discussion. Um, but look like I thought, I thought he threw the ball well all afternoon. I remember my rewatch, you know, I'm, I'm putting uh, question marks next to the eh plays X's next to the yikes plays and, and hearts next to the plays I loved. And there are far more hearts on my, my little initial grade sheet than there were question marks or X's. It was really good all day. He made good decisions. He threw the ball well. I thought his pocket awareness was really good. I thought he he did a good job of moving around the pocket and keeping his eyes up and making throws. Like This was one of Justin's best performances as a pro quarterback. If you could replicate this for the next month, we start to change the conversation about what the offseason holds. Ultimately, that passing offense become more dynamic. But for what the game was yesterday, I thought they did a pretty good job, and I thought Justin managed it really well. Okay, I'll continue that for a moment because it is what people are talking about the most on Monday in Chicago about Justin Fields, this this seven-game sample size and what it means to his future. And as I said yesterday in wrote, I, I think that you know if, if this was the opening statement of his closing argument, he certainly got all of our attention. And, sure. and I think that it was it was very impressive. And, and I just wonder, though, because of the way that the Bears lost that game and because of some of the realities that might be facing Matt Eberflus and the head coach of the Bears, I wonder if all of this becomes almost a moot point. Because if you do get a new head coach and if you do have that net, new head coach bring in either an offensive coordinator or his offensive system, if he's an offensive-minded head coach, then what does that mean to – uh, in reality and practicality to Justin Fields, it probably means the Bears are moving on, regardless of how well he plays in the final seven games. Now, that could be influenced or affected by the front office, but we know how it works. If you get a new head coach, typically that coach is going to have designs on who he likes and and what kind of quarterback he's going to want in his system. And it might be a mild surprise if whoever that is, coach to be named later, wants to stay with the status quo and a quarterback with as much baggage, maybe mileage as Justin Fields will have for whoever the next coach may be. What do you mean by mileage? Well, I think, I think that he's been number one, there could be baggage of being the holdover in Chicago going now with its third head coach. Mileage would be the fact that maybe in year four, you worry about the, 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 the toll mentally and physically that it has taken on his body and his mind to embrace and be the leader that the next regime will probably want to or believe in that can win them a Super Bowl. The points you make are valid, but it's not unheard of for a new coach to inherit a quarterback that they may be intrigued with. Matt Nagy came here because he was intrigued to work with. Let Tend Dental make your dream smile a reality. We offer a variety of top-rated treatments, including Invisalign aligners. And for a limited time, TEND is offering $750 off orthodontic treatments. Offer valid through January 31st, so don't wait. Visit hellotend.com slash sale. That's hellotend.com slash sale. 
and book your free consult today. Mitch Trubisky, uh, John Fox got paired up with Jay Cutler. I'm not sure he was uh, coming to Chicago because he really wanted to work with Jay, but you know how it works. And, sure. and so I, I think we've set this up on rational ground here for a long time. This conversation hasn't changed until it changes. And so Justin has six more games. If he makes a legitimate breakthrough, it will be obvious to everyone. If it's not obvious to everyone, then what we've talked about for three seasons will be (laughs) sort of the end conclusion that it just hasn't been enough. You know, there's just not enough there to tell you that you can go win at the highest level with the guy, you know? And so, so look like, yeah, there are, there are six games and seven weeks left in the season for this story to change. And, and and it could change if it doesn't like, I I just think that by the time we get to what, what will it be January 8th or whatever day locker cleanout day is it, 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 there's not going to, there's not going to be the guessing game that, that creates this impassioned sports conversation in our city. I think it's just going to be plainly obvious staring everyone dead in the face. And if it's not staring you dead in the face, I think that's also your answer. You know what I mean? Like if, if there, yeah. if there is still this gray area, then it tells you that there's still massive gray area. Well, yeah, I, I, I know where you're coming from. I guess I, I just started to think about it this morning. I think Molly said something about, you know, Ben Johnson and, and everybody looks at him as, as a hot head coaching candidate, we know we're going to hear his name, especially given the success of the Lions. But Dan, I do think that if you don't, and what, know and what did Ben Johnson do? He took cast off Jared Goff and turned him into a guy that that is playing the best football of his career, right? But that's kind of that's kind of my point. Is that okay? So Ben Johnson theoretically takes over, uh, whether it's the L.A. Chargers, the Chicago Bears, um, who, whoever is looking for a coach next. I mean, you, you know that these these firings are going to be coming and, and the fear or the reality is it's it's likely to happen in Chicago. When I talk about Justin Fields, I want to be respectful because we just saw him, you know, pretty much dominate the game and be the best player in the field in Sunday at Ford Field. But he is not your conventional NFL quarterback. No. And if he were, we wouldn't be having this, this years old uh, conversation about what the Bears are going to do to free him up and do the things that play to his strengths. So I guess that's what I mean is that the, typically the next genius that you hire to be your head coach is going to have a vision or an image of what that system looks like. Typically, it would be a guy like Jared Goff, who was the number one overall pick because he was uh, more a proto- prototypical NFL quarterback coming out of Cal. And so he would be the guy that was like, all right, I can work with him. He's going to be a retread. His second act in Detroit has gone well, largely because of Johnson, but largely because he, of, of mistakes and, and the failure he had in, in L.A. Justin Fields could have a very productive second act. Those second acts happen elsewhere. So I guess that's all I mean is that we could get to the end of the season. Justin Fields could have acquitted himself quite well in these seven games. The Bears have an entire coaching change that cleans out everybody uh, from the head coach to the offensive staff, etc. And I think the next guy is not going to be as intrigued by Justin Fields as he will be like, well, hmm. How, how can we figure out a graceful exit to this tenure because I want my own guy? No, I mean, it's it's entirely valid, you know, and it's, it's such a pivotal point in team history because of it. And it's another pivotal point. I feel like we've been at a lot of these pivotal points here in the last, you know, five years or so. Um, and they're going to have to choose right. And they're going to have to be smart with whatever new additions they make to the football team from the top on down. You know, and you know the most important roles in in, in a football franchise in the NFL. And it's, you know, your general manager, your your head coach and your uh, quarterback and then your coordinators, you know, and so so whatever they do and whatever decisions they make to to 
put them in the right direction at those positions this offseason are huge. They're, they're, they're directional for the franchise. Um, right now, like, you know, we're living in the now and we're living in a day after a game where Justin, as you said, played very well uh, and took a step in the right direction. And now comes the next test. Stack a second consecutive good performance together. Yep. Go to Minnesota against the defense that completely frazzled you the first time you played them this year. Yep. Knocked you out of the game in the third quarter and caused you to miss 35 days of game action. Mm-hmm. And and go put your best foot forward. Go win a football game, a division football game for the first time since your rookie year and your your first home start at Soldier Field. You know, so um, look like the tests are there, and now go take them. You know, like I one of the things about last week, David, that drove me crazy was there was like this one pocket of people arguing that couldn't really evaluate Justin's rookie season because it came under Matt Nagy and you couldn't really fairly evaluate him in his second season because they were tanking and you couldn't really evaluate him in the first six games of the year this year because they were kind of figuring themselves out and you couldn't really take into stock the four and a half games he missed because he missed the four and a half games and so really the only thing that that was left was these seven games and it was going to be the be all uh, end all of the Justin Fields evaluation my counter argument obviously is that like this is like going to college, like you have a final exam at the end of the the semester that gives you your final grade, but it's not a hundred percent of your final grade. Everything that happened up to that point still counts. Can you raise your grade? Absolutely. Can your grade lower? Absolutely. But so like that, that's what this is. This seven game stretch is a final exam for Justin Fields in terms of his evaluation and how it will be viewed by Ryan Poles. And again, they have to, they have to make the right decision because you saw the report from Ian Rappaport on Sunday morning that said they would quote unquote have to be blown away to pivot in a new direction this offseason. Well, that felt like a rerun to me because they said that last offseason. And this is a whole different set of dynamics this year, particularly um, hinging on how Justin plays over these last seven games. And I think a lot of people missed the nuance in Ian's story at NFL.com that said, oh, by the way, here's the 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 list of boxes that the bears want him to check over the last seven games to truly believe in him. So like, there's a lot more of this story that needs to play out. And the pass fail box that needs to be checked is consistency. That's the one word that was used the most. And I think that's the one that you have harped on. And I think it's the one the bears will use to determine whether or not to move on. Whoever's making that determination. Okay. So back to um, the game on Sunday and Justin Fields, 18 carries, 14 design runs had 104 yards rushing. Dan, I think that it's interesting on a couple of things. Number one, the Bears are 0-5 in games that Justin Fields has 100 more rushing yards. I think it has probably more to do with the Bears than it does Justin Fields because I like the way they played yesterday. I like the way that they got they got the most out of his skill set because it doesn't bother me, the run-pass ratio. Is it sustainable? Well, it's it's got to be until until he you know proves that he's not available for – the, for a game because I, I, it, the conundrum is he's not going to be the kind of quarterback that is special uh, unless he does these things that allow him to show it. So I wonder, and I asked DJ more this, and he didn't have a, uh, a great sense maybe, but you mentioned the dance, you know, the 30-yard run or 29-yard run. And, and I think to me, all the dance at the end of that said that Justin Fields was feeling it. He was, you know, really in a, in a good play. He, confidence was oozing. He was feeling comfortable. And I do think this is unscientific and maybe a little bit meatballish, but I do think that the better Justin Fields runs or performs as a runner, the better he is as a passer. And I think that's why I think it's so important to let him play and be free and not robotic. Even if it's a mental thing, 
you take advantage of that skill set because I think they're really related. His legs connected to his arms in a way that I don't know that you can really explain, but I think there are. I think they there is a connection there. So I'm not going to be the angry old guy and, and come on here and be like, "Oh my God, what was he doing doing that dance there in the fourth quarter? It was ridiculous." But what what I, I will say is it almost felt like a premature exhale, which seemed like what the entire team did down the stretch of that game. Like I, I would prefer for that to come after a scramble that ends in the end zone. I would prefer that to come after a play that basically seals the win. And at that point it's 23 to 14. There was a lot of unfinished business left. And, and so, you know, like, like I'm not going to, like I said, go on a, on a 15 minute rant about that, but I was more bothered by the sequence that followed that because the bears got conservative after that. And it was a Khalil Herbert run for two yards, a Justin field zone read uh, for one yard. And then uh, one to Roshan Johnson for, for two yards. And Matt Eberflus sort of indicated on Monday afternoon, David, that that third down run, the third and seven, he saw an opportunity for Justin to keep that football. And he thought there might have been a, a better opportunity to, to move the sticks by keeping the ball as the most dynamic player on the field rather than giving it to, to Roshan Johnson for two yards. We saw how that play ended up, and they end up kicking the 39-yard field goal, which gave them the 26-14 to 14 lead. By the way, I will reiterate this because people are still confused about the game situation. It was fourth and five when they kicked that last field goal to go up 26-14. It was fourth and less than a yard earlier in the quarter when they went up 23-14. to 14. But that was one of a, a handful of sequences in the game that when you go back through it, you're like, that was ultimately catastrophic for you because you didn't land the kill shot when you needed to. And when that run occurs and you get the 29-yard run and you get a penalty tacked onto it and you're down there and you've got a chance to just land the knockout punch, Figure out a way. If Justin's feeling it so much that he can dance, then then give give him a couple plays. Maybe he should have kept it on that third down play. Maybe there's a passing play in there where you find DJ Moore or Cole Komet, you know, and you just go for the kill shot. But I felt like they kind of got into old Dick Duran mode, which used to drive me insane, where it's like, okay, we're comfortable enough with a lead and we don't want to risk screwing up here. Instead of having that aggressive mindset of like, let's finish this thing off. It was like, let's try to make sure we don't screw this up. And I thought that was, that was just a, a bad disconnect in the game. I think you're, that's a good observation. I, I hadn't thought of it necessarily that way, but that is a good observation. And really it's not, we're not complaining about the dance. I really don't care about what happens after you know, in most cases. I mean, that, that's, he's entitled to that. It's an emotional game. But that is that is an interesting thing. I wonder how the Bears, like, I wonder if coaches look for cues from players like Fields and what kind of day he's having, and I wonder if that affects what kind of game they call based on some of that. I, I don't. I think that's probably no, because I don't think they even know who's in the game half the time, as it turns out. But I do wonder if they're looking for things from their leader to see, you know, what's what's Justin like today? How's he feeling? Hey everybody, I'm Mark Shanowski, along with one of the NBA's most popular analysts, Stacey King. We're inviting you to join us on the Gimme the Hot Sauce podcast. So join us every week here in the Hot Sauce studios where we'll be talking about basketball, football, MMA, entertainment, and unique viewpoints from a group of sports experts having a few brews. That's right. Listen up on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcast.